Hello and welcome back to West Bank Bible Church Podcast and Dave I'm here with Pastor Merritt. Today we'll be looking at Daniel lesson number 22. If you're following along in the outline, we will begin at the bottom of page one on point one. But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1, 9 is may or may not be necessary. Father, we're grateful for the privilege of using 1 John 1, 9. Just a moment of silence as we name our sin back to you equips us to learn as God the Holy Spirit will then be free to teach us. So uh, we've been graced out and are so thankful for that marvelous, unadulterated grace. So guide us now and direct us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, as David said, we're going to start with point one. The bottom of page one. Daniel 3, 2 in the KJV Recall is as follows. Verse 32. This image, possessive, image had, was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass. Do you recall where we left off? He had gone into the quarters of the king let him know that he knew the interpretation of the dream. I'm sure the king was, as we would say, tickled pink uh, that someone could do that. And I know Daniel was and all of those who would have been killed had Daniel not relaxed, and let the Lord teach him. All right, that the four beasts, the lion, the bear, the leopard, and the terrible beast, unlike the rest, represent four kingdoms to come, is made clear not only here in Daniel, chapter 2, but also in Daniel chapter 7. It is in uh, these series of verses that we have descriptions of uh, some of the world's greatest empires. Let's look at Daniel chapter 7, verse 6. And then we'll drop down to verses 15, 16, and 17. It may seem odd to many, but uh, there's quite a division there, and there's a purpose to it. So I'm going to read verse 6. It says, After this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of its four wings 
of a fowl. The beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit, in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by, and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me, and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, four kings which shall arise out of the earth. Over the past two weeks, we have extensively studied both historically and scripturally the Babylonian, Medo-Persian, and Grecian empires, and the scriptures will unfold with much detail about each of these and how they affect the people who are under the domination and control of these empires. Let's review quickly two maps without spending a lot of time on them because we're going to see a lot of information about these uh, Hellenistic kings, Cassander, Lysimachus, Ptolemy, and Seleucus, with minimal emphasis on Cassander and Lysimachum. Hard to say, David. That's a tongue twister. Lysimachus and a great deal of information about Ptolemy and Seleucus. In fact, we will note quite a war goes on, and Israel is moved from under the control of one to the other several times. Ptolemy was the grand king of Egypt, well known, and Seleucus will be the king over Israel, which we will get to. I've provided a map of the Greek Empire. And you can see there, there were many subordinate kings. And it was Israel that moved from one to the other. And uh, we'll get into more detail in that as we progress. But for now, let's go to point five. Before looking at the last of the kingdoms, let me make several general observations about the statue. I would remind you again, it's a tall, beautiful, gold golden, if you will, statue and various parts of the statue represents various kingdoms which will come to pass as they affect 
Israel. All right, the statue is top-heavy. The image from the top is gold, and the foundation is clear. So it goes from the strongest of materials to the weakest. Such is the state of the kingdoms of this world. Not only do we find devolution in values and morals, but even the power of the nations is devolving. And we continue to see that historically as we uh, rule, excuse me, as we observe the rulership that has occurred in this world of the devil. Remember, we live in the devil's world. I know we like to think of the world as being, oh, something haughty, but uh, it's the devil's world. And that's why we have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and get our salvation by faith alone in Christ alone. David, you want to take up there in uh, point four on page Top of page three. three. Yes, sir. By this, I mean nations change from year to year. Geopolitical maps today cannot keep up with the changes. The United Nations itself is a very bad joke. The strength of nations is constantly being undermined by a myriad of multifarious forces, and such will continue to be the case. Keep in mind Satan knows nations are key in God's plan, which is why nationalism is one of God's divine institutions. Further, this is why nations are under attack today, and internationalism is a very popular answer to all international problems. Isaiah 14, 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, shewing himself that he is God. And then Second Thessalonians will continue on through verse 8. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he 
who now letteth will let, until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now let's take a look at verse 33 and the fourth kingdom. In the KJV, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. In the NIV, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. The fourth kingdom is actually two. The legs of iron are the Roman Empire. As we have seen, the tenure of the Roman Empire is problematic. Perhaps Gibbons was correct when he said the empire began in 23 B.C., and ended in circa 475 A.D. The feet part of iron and part of clay represent the revived Roman Empire headed by the Antichrist during the Tribulation. The duration of the revived Roman Empire is well known, seven prophetic years. The feet part of iron and part of clay, as we will later in greater detail describe, a ten-nation federation, that it is only partly iron. The iron legs represent Rome, and the federation of nations under the Antichrist is the ten toes of clay. The ten toes represent the revived Roman Empire consisting of ten nations headquartered in Rome, Italy. Daniel in chapter 9 is given information about the seven years owing to Israel. Let's review chapter 9 of Daniel, verses 24 through 27, first in the KJV, and then we'll take a look at it in the expanded translation of the NIV. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the Most Holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks, and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. And in the NIV, seventy sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the Most Holy. No one understand this, 
from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble, nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end, and desolations have been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on a wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on himself. Now, folks, this is a real puzzle to many. And in my uh, experience, there's been only one man who has been able to, well, properly explain it, and that's Lewis Sperry Chaper who founded Dallas Theological Seminary. And when we get to this particular verse in more detail, we will see that we're talking about 77s. And, uh, well, it's so interesting. Now, let's just take a look at an expanded translation of Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. And we'll read through verse 27. Daniel, I have heard your prayer. Praise the Lord. He hears our prayer. 490 years. You see, it's really 77s in the Greek. 70 Shabuah. 490 years have been cut out for your people. I have not forgotten my beloved Israel. It is within this 490 year period that I will, and here we go, anoint the temple, make an end of sins. Only one way you get the end of sins is for the work of Christ. Bring in everlasting righteousness. The only way you get that is by the Lord Jesus Christ setting up his kingdom and changing all his citizens. And fulfill the messianic promise by establishing the Messiah as Israel's king. And that's a reference to the second advent. Of course, first the rapture, and then the second advent, and then Israel's kingdom on earth. I want you to understand that from the commandment to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, which will occur only once, and that on the first of Nisan, B.C. 445. It's important that it happens only once because here's a prophecy in the Bible that must come true. From that day until the Messiah arrives in Jerusalem, 
on the first Palm Sunday will be 483, excuse me, 483 years to the day. The streets of Jerusalem and its inner and outer walls shall be restored. Even in dangerous times, when there is war going on in the Holy Land, and it most particularly will involve the Arabs and Israel trying to get the temple and the city rebuilt, but that will come later. Now, Nehemiah and his people will work on the city walls with the trowel in one hand and sword and spear in the other. This is after their return from their exile. When they will be told by Cyrus, the king of Persia, you may go back to the land. Now, excuse me, now several days after the Messiah rides into the city as the prince, the Messiah, that's on the first Palm Sunday, by the way, he will be crucified, but not on himself, but rather as a substitute for the sins of the world. Now, sometime after that, the Romans, as a precursor of the Antichrist, will come and destroy the city and the temple, and the end thereof shall be traumatic and a violent representation of what the future would hold for Israel during an indeterminate time because no one knows when the rapture is going to occur. But, so we like to talk of it as indeterminate, in terms of timing. Not indeterminate in terms of, is it going to happen? The rapture is a sure thing. Praise the Lord. And in addition to that, the destruction of the temple and the city will begin this uncertain time gap in the 490-year period. Because if we remember in the front of chapter 9, it says that there will be 70 Shabuah, literally 77, so seven zero zero. 779, that's your 490 years. And the city will begin this uncertain time gap of 490 years. Many will later style it the church age where we live today. After the removal, removal of the church from the planet, the rapture, the Antichrist will make a treaty with Israel and both peace and freedom to worship Jehovah God in a restored temple will be guaranteed. 
The Antichrist will even provide the funds for the temple. Be aware, however, that in the middle of that seven-year period, the Antichrist will break that treaty and all worship will cease. A statue of the Antichrist will be set up in the false temple and people will be required to worship the Antichrist as their Messiah. This sad state will continue until God himself casts both the first beast and the second beast into the lake of fire. What do you think, David? That certainly has introduced an interesting, interesting eschatological series of events. Eschatology is about to unfold. It makes us, it makes us long to keep going to get to chapter 9. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that more deeply. That concludes lesson number 32 of the book of Daniel. As always, we appreciate you being here. Look forward to having you with us again next week. Pastor Merrick, could you close us in a prayer? Oh my goodness. What wonderful prophecy. And oh my goodness, what wonderful work the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. David, tell us how to get that everlasting life. Well, you summed it up there quite nicely uh, with that verse. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And until next time, so long.